For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Pop of the morning, everybody, and welcome to Popcorn Culture. As always, I am your one true host, Jazzy J, joined as usual by my brother, the one true co-host, Buzzy Benjamin B, who is doing just the best intro dance I've ever seen. I call it the oscillating fan. The oscillating fan. <laughs> Going back and forth, back and forth. Just waving to everybody. Just waving to everybody. Here we go. <laughs> oh my gosh, this morning I was getting ready to leave the house, and Addie was really upset because we have this glass container on our dining room table that is full of of all of the sea glass that we find in Vermont every year. Oh, nice. Yes. Which is like, it's like, it sounds like that would be a lot, but it's probably like 18 pieces. You and know, she, eventually it'll be a lot. Eventually it'll be a lot. Right. And it'll be full of nothing but memories. Exactly. But Addy always glass. wants the glass. Broken glass. Broken glass. Yeah. Which this is, is my a, collection of broken glass. Yeah. Incidentally, one of my favorite things that Quoth says throughout the entire Name of the Wind series is the way in which broken glass is dangerous yeah. is that it's like, it's not dangerous just to be near it. It's only dangerous to interact with it. And a lot of times I'm like, that's kind of an interesting analogy for a lot of circumstances in life. It's mm-hmm. like, it's only dangerous if you mess with it. Exactly. <laughs> but otherwise, like you're fine. internet comments. Yeah. Mm. Oh, don't ever do that. Anyway, so I was leaving the house this morning. I feel like I'm so far off the rails. I don't even know if this will make sense. But okay. Back to my oscillating fan dance, yeah. <laughs> dance story. So we were telling Addison that she couldn't play with the broken glass. Normal. Uh, because at one point in time, she did manage to get inside of it and uh, did get like a tiny little cut on her finger, which is actually kind of surprising because you never interact with sea glass. It's actually remarkably smooth right but there was just like one edge that had like a little bit of a, a blade to it so anyway she was she was crying and i was like she was sitting on the bench to our dining room table and she's just like super upset and i was like addy can i have a hug because i have to go i have to go to work and she just goes bye <laughs> like from like across the room and she like she didn't come up to give me a hug or anything but she she was like was she upset you were leaving well no she was she was upset because she couldn't play with the broken glass which oh. like unfair right like yeah. i feel like i'm just trying to be i mean just trying to be responsible i love here. those like instagram and twitter accounts that are like why i'm a terrible parent and it's full of answers like that like i wouldn't <laughs> let my child play with broken glass and oh, now yeah. they're freaking out yeah. yep yep that's exactly correct yeah I mean, I mean even as i was saying it out loud because in my head i have such a relationship with with, with this kind of sea glass, which is like when I was like a child. For one, Addison Addison is named after the town in Vermont where said glass is collected from. from. So yeah. it's like it's a deeply sentimental place to me. Mm-hmm. And like as a small child, I remember like walking the beach and collecting it like with our grandmother, mm-hmm. who Same. like Addison's middle name is. Right. Um, and you know, so it's like like I don't think of it. As broken glass, I think of it as like polished memories. Treasure. Treasure. Yeah. Like, I mean, literally though. But as I was telling this story, I was like, yes, I was not letting my child play with broken glass. Yeah. Way to go, Ben. Yeah. Parenting 101. Yes. You're doing it. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Dude, I'm a, okay. So on a, on a similar note, I suppose, segue, um, yesterday 
I was uh, down in out, down in the basement playing uh, Diablo Four. No, hey, exciting! I know, glad right? to hear you're glad to hear you're into it. Oh man, I'm so into. It. We can talk more about that later. But um, uh, and Luke, Luke got up from quiet time and he came, you know, roaring downstairs. He was so excited to be done with you know, to come. Was he come just interrupt my game? Was he just like the twenties? <laughs> just what? Just like the twenties? He was just roaring, man. He was yeah. just roaring. He just was like just, the, he was like, it is the best part of the day. I get to go find what Dad's doing, and he can stop doing that and pay attention to me instead. <laughs> Like nothing gonna be better. Nothing gonna but, be better. Yeah. Yeah. What, what are you doing? Stop that instead and pay attention to me. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so what happened then? Okay, so um down in the basement I've got all these shelves on the wall, and on the very top shelf is this stack of three books um that look very nicely stacked together. They are black, red, black. They are the first three Harry Potter books um of the twentieth anniversary edition. Oh yeah. So the, yeah. these are the ones that come out. In accordance with each book's 20th anniversary? Yes. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so at this point, all seven books are out, but they did a really cool thing when they made the 20th anniversary edition of the books because you could buy them all um, according to um, houses. Yes. Yes. Yep. So, so like, the um, pages are all... Yeah, so all the pages, there's, like, cool illustrations on the inside. There's some, like, little bonus information depending on what it is. There's, like, the covers are really ornate, and they've got, like, Easter eggs that are based on the house, so each cover is a little bit different, too. Yes. And I remember when we were... Um, when we went to London for, like, our, like, 48 hours in London... I'm getting misty just <clears> thinking about it. Oh, my gosh, I know. So my son, Luke, had just been born at the time, and we were at the um, Platform 9 and 3 quarters gift shop. Like, the... The Harry Potter gift shop of all gift shops. You right, know, like yes, you're in yeah. London, you're there. And um, at that time, it was the 20th anniversary. I guess that's part of why we were there. Right. In um, some manner of speaking. Oh, yeah, because um, it was January 20, January 2018. 2018. Yeah, that's yeah. when we were there. Yep. Yep. So um, they had just released the Philosopher's Stone. Um, and I was in the gift shop and they had done this, you know, thing where you could choose which house you wanted. And I was like, oh my gosh, how cool would it be if I bought Luke his first book from this shop? Like, yes. that's going to be so cool. And then I suddenly was confronted with which house did I think my like, you know, five week old son was in at the time. And I was like, oh no. And then like, it made me incredibly emotional. I ultimately decided on the Gryffindor books because he was in the NICU and was so brave and stuff. But so anyway, ever since then I've been, I will, I will eventually get the full set for him so we'll have all seven books in this uh, particular style but um in in the meantime they're just a cool looking set of books sitting on the shelves that he knows belong to him but which i will not let him touch oh yeah that makes <laughs> that makes perfect sense that makes perfect yeah. sense it's like but they're mine it's yeah. like yes yes and, they are and at some point in time you will be glad that i did not let you touch them i know yeah so um but he's he kept he's like oh i want can i look at those can i look at those and i'm like oh, we can look at them if we if you we're, we're going to put them back when we're done, we're not taking them upstairs to our room to get like tossed around because like I know the state of books after they've entered Luke's room and it's not good. No, I know. I yeah. yes, I, I understand that completely. Like one of the things that I was like so excited about, like as we built our collection for Addy is I was like, man, we've got such a we're getting like so many great books. And, like, you know, like at some point in time, like we could probably like give these to like a friend who has a child. And I was like, oh, no, that doesn't happen because these books get like one just read to shreds. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I've just read like the, like literally the, the process of like reading, um, you know, guess how much I love you by Sam McBrantney yeah. just over and over and over again. I mean, right. that thing's about to fall apart and right, you know, right there, the pout pout fish, another really good one. Um, and also then just in the meantime, like the way that Addie goes and plays with them and throws them down the stairs and all sorts of the rest of everything. It's yeah, just right. like they're, I mean, just, are, they're just toys as much as anything else. They, they absolutely are. And yeah, so they, they will probably not make it out alive and we'll just have to, you know, buy new ones. Yeah. That'll, that'll just sort of be the way of it, the way of, the way of children's books. But so eventually uh, we're getting down, 
um, the the different books, and he's like flipping through them, and I'm like showing him the stuff on the on the cover, and then of course I have you know uh, several. Uh, versions of the Harry Potter books, given what we do. So I've also on the set of shelves got all of my illustrated editions on it. Classic. And I've got the um, Philosopher's Stone, like Mina Lima one, which is the coolest one. Yeah. Because it's got like all these pop outs and this insane artwork and like all these really fun things to like look at and like interact with in the book, which I haven't even like, I haven't even read hard copy that version of it. I just like own it and I like that I own it. And it, so we were going through yesterday. It still has the tissue paper in the book to protect the sleeves. So, oh, wow. That's cool. Uh, so I really haven't inspected it thoroughly enough but um we were kind of going through and he wanted you know he he knows a little bit about harry potter and stuff sure so there's that but like we're going through the books and i'm like he's like asking me stuff about it and it's just like immediately i'm like able to share like just a tiny bit of harry potter with him and i was like i started crying just like almost immediately oh my gosh i was like i'm never going to be able to actually read you these books because i can't even barely talk to you about just the idea of Harry Potter without welling up, much less actually like start reading the story itself to you. I know. I mean, you know? There, yeah. How do you get through that first chapter? Oh man, it's going to be, it's going to be impossible. I have no idea how I'm going to, how I'm going to do it. And I'm like, he's getting to the point where he's like probably old enough to like, maybe like maybe six or seven feels like about the right age maybe yeah yeah, you know? yeah like we, you could like handle it or you know uh, stick with the story long right. enough we we have a close <laughs> friend from high school who's been reading it with his daughter uh who is in i feel like that age range and yeah. i feel like i feel like that's definitely something that's like it'll be it'll be incredibly momentous and I, i'm in the exact same way so i for our registry we had the um three illustrated i think at the time the three illustrated came in like this really cool like box sleeve thing and so largely in Addie's room we have all of her books lined up and it's like the book end so right now the the primary function of it is that it's three heavy books that are like held together by this one thing so we can lean all the other books up against it okay but like it is also the closest thing to me like what so if I'm sitting right here like immediately to my left like it is the closest thing and so like a lot of times when Allie and I are doing bedtime for Addie, we'll literally go in and I'll sit in the rocking chair, like waiting and like, you know, Allie will go through and like, they have like their little, like, you know, <laughs> baby lotion routine and all the little things that they do. Uh, and then she'll come over and hand her to me to read her the books. And, um, every single time I'm like sitting there, like, like, you know, like waiting on Allie to finish so I can like take over for my part of it. And I'm like, I'll like look over at it and I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do it. Like, <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be really, really, really tough. And I'm sure that it's just going to be like, cause she also, that's the only thing that it occurs to me it's like she won't understand probably why it will make insane thing for you it's like she like won't understand why it's so emotional for us to do that yes you know which is going to be really kind of kind of like a fascinating oh i know just piece of parenthood right it's like because like yeah it's just yeah like not only would do i am i just heavily nostalgic about the books themselves but obviously what we do is like such deep dive analysis of it and it's like so part of like our career and like what like helps support our families and everything we do is just like you know so supported by like our love of harry potter so it has like all these extra layers to it that i don't think um nearly as many people like have connected with in that way <laughs> yes right yeah um, I mean, it's like that's that's like one of the things about i mean because even like one of my like crystallized memory like core memories from childhood is like going into mom and dad's room where like i i remember him like because he read the first books to us aloud yes you know from the pages like yeah. we were all like laying on the bed as he like read the story to us and so it's like not only yeah exactly you're, you're right you know i mean it's like this like childhood passion that became um like 
it, it's like one of those things that when you think about it, like how often is it the case that you've met somebody who's like eight, nine, 10 years old and the thing that they love at that age ends up becoming like their career. Oh, I know. You know, I yeah. mean, it's, 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 it's crazy. It's, I mean, it's not even, and it's not, I feel like it, you know, the ways in which it, I mean, I'm sure this is a shared experience amongst tons of people, but like the way it infiltrated, like not just our childhood, but like, because you sort of grew up with the books, it was like, you never outgrew them because the story wasn't over yet. Right. You know, like you were sort of just right there. So I remember like going to the midnight uh, premieres with like, you know, uh, the the GMA and stuff and just being there like with that friend group. And then when, you know, me and Beth started dating, it was this huge, like um, bonding thing that we had really in common. And like, she used to get me the books on cd every year for like my birthday so like which so that i would have something to listen to when i went to drive to visit her at like college and stuff yep yep so just so much uh so much uh, it has infiltrated so many parts of my life and like um it has not like i know the point where it's going to infiltrate um the my relationship with my kids is coming and i'm like i can't even think about it sometimes. i know you're so yeah. close too you're so close and it's like one of those things that like i also i fear because i know that like as a parent so far i have definitely wanted to uh, like like i i think that i i find myself trying to avoid like like the like can, can we can we like skip ahead like can i can i like like i want to get you know but the same right you also have to like live inside of like the, the respective moments and appreciate like all the like little milestones yeah but then there's like all the there's like all the big like aspirational things like i can't wait to and it's like it's like waiting is also i feel like part of that emotional journey as well where it's like at some point in time you will have waited like you know seven years to like open this book for this purpose right you know and it's just like Oh man, I so know. It's like, this has been like a long time coming. But here like, we go. Here we go. I know. And then the real question from there, and I feel like even like knowing Luke is, just, it's going to be like, how long will it take before he's just like off to the races as well? Oh, I because know, I, right? I, I think he, there's going to be like the part of you that like wants to do it alongside him. But I feel like knowing Luke, he's going to be like, let's go, let's go. Yeah. I mean, you can always just go reread them and stuff. I suppose the other one I'm uh, looking forward to is uh show, showing him the star wars movies yes yeah you know, which is like my only i'm less concerned that harry potter will be spoiled for him like you know at school in some way like it doesn't sure. seem like as i mean there's always you know the big uh like snape killed dumbledore situation there's always that there's yeah. always that that yeah. you could have spoiled for you but that is like i'm i'm so much more concerned that someone will spoil the um empire strikes back twist to him yeah ahead of time because i'm like that i'm like i'm i've been waiting for that moment where my kid sees that for the first time like my whole since i was a kid you know right, like right. if someone ruins it for him i'm gonna be so mad and i'm like so i'm like i really i'm like so like trigger happy on that one I'm like let's just do it let's just get it out of the way because right now it hasn't happened right, right, right. <laughs> yeah that's like you're like you're like inside of the safe zone but it's like right, at, right. at any like, point you're in going time to kindergarten this this fall and like who knows who knows which parents have made which decisions or what teachers might be like oh look like darth vader to be like no 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 jokes about darth vader around my son okay no <laughs> yeah like a sternly worded like a letter yeah. with every single teacher it's like it's like i know the connection you're gonna try to make don't do don't it do it do not do it yeah. okay yes his name is luke do not tell him about darth vader he has not seen the movies okay right <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. But anyway, I mean, that's like one of those things. I sometimes have had this happen before where um, like whenever we go on vacation, we will have like a house sitter come and stay at our house, uh, like with the dogs the entire time we're gone. Yeah. And this hasn't happened on many occasions, but I think at least with one show in particular, I remember they had gone through and like watched it or like watched pieces of it or something to the point where like, you know, you go and you open up Netflix and you like click like, oh, next episode or whatever. And it starts like 38 minutes in Mm. and you're like, oh man, but now I've just seen that scene happen. And it's like, oh, that's spoiled for me. And what blows my mind is the frequency at which I come to the scene that I've already seen and completely have forgotten about it. Oh. So I feel like there's some protective like barrier there a little bit where it's almost like, like once you're in the full context of the world, some like small little fragmented outside information that you knew maybe won't be fully prominent yet. Right. So there, there is always that. There is always that where he like could learn and not really realize exactly the ramifications of what it means. Cause like he does know some things about star Wars. He knows about like, you know, RTD two and lightsabers and Jedi and stuff like that. But because those things are awesome. Those things are awesome. And you know, he's got, you know, toys and stuff and we have little golden books, which I will say even in like the little golden books, there is like the spoiler for this exact thing. Is I'm there like, really, what are you doing in this thing, man? You cannot do this. Wow. That is, yeah. a, that's very interesting. I mean, I'm surprising. trying to think back because I feel like, I feel like if memory serves, we were into Star Wars before Harry Potter, before Harry Potter, which means that like at oldest, that couldn't have been more than like six or seven. Right. When we would have been introduced to this world. I have heard of people showing their kids. I mean, we, I have friends who have shown their kid, their kids younger than Luke Star Wars already. Right. And so I'm like, I don't know if he's quite old enough but i feel like six or something that which he will turn in november feels like okay we could probably do it i kind of feel like that could almost be like a fun like sixth birthday present even oh like, interesting. we're gonna watch star wars right, right 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 yeah <laughs> here we cool. go so no one better explode it for you between the start of school and the end of november all right we're getting close. <laughs> We're getting close. We're getting close. Okay. Well, that'll be, that'll be something exciting to to keep out there on the horizon. Something yes. to look forward to. I know. I know. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Transition? Transition! All right, Ben. Well, I've started playing Diablo 4, as yes. mentioned. As per mentioned. Yes. Yep. How, how are you enjoying your experience so far? Well, let me tell you. So far... What I am enjoying about it the most is that you can be, one, a druid, and that that druid can, too, become a werebear. What? I okay. Know. So, yeah, I know. I, know, I know that this is, like, lifelong been a complaint of yours, which yeah. is that uh, going back to our Diablo 2 days, one of, the, one of the shortcomings of the game at some point in time eventually just literally became the fact that, like, pretty much shy of just doing the most obvious, well-known, recognized builds, like, the game did not lend itself very well. So, despite the fact that you could do a myriad of different, like, kinds of characters really there were like three or four like viable characters viable characters yeah Yeah. so like you would you basically once you got to the 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 greatest difficulty of the game you could find yourself in a situation where like a small zombie in the middle of like an open field was immune to fire and if you were a fire sorceress then it's like it did not matter at all what you did you could do 50,000 damage have the, the most OP sorc sorceress of all time. And it would never be able to defeat 
that zombie. Right. Because it is not like it is not like it has a fire immunity, which means that like fire damage does less to it. It means you cannot hurt it with fire. Right. Which was like it was so infuriating. Right. Because um even even with there there was I remember there was always an attack called, I think it's like called static field or something like that, which could like drain a character's uh or an enemy's uh health down like by like, like percentages. By by like fifty percent, so you could go from like from like full health to fifty percent health to twenty five percent health to twelve and a half percent health to six point seven five percent health, you know, like and yeah. so on. And it would be this thing where you could like you could wheedle it down using that to like a like n- almost no health left at all, and it still did not matter. You could you could be berating it with like all you got, and, yeah. and it would never die. It'd be raining meteors from the sky. This thing's immune to fire. It doesn't matter. Right. Which which ultimately yeah. just meant that everybody was like, all right, well if we, if we can't do that, then you really can't solo with uh with this character, which means that I need to do something you can't solo with, which basically like narrows it into like four characters right um or four types of characters altogether um which was very frustrating but so now you found that it sounds like d4 has has solved this particular problem well so yeah i well i remember even just when diablo 3 came out it seemed like that in particular was something they had completely revamped about the game or like really focused in on where like it didn't matter which character you choose or which skill tree you went down there was a viable way to do just about anything in a meaningful way that would let you play the game and complete it right and that was i loved that about uh diablo 3 despite its other differences from diablo 2 but now so but the thing that it was missing was that when when uh, we played diablo 2 i always like my the the character i always wanted to do was a druid that could transform into a giant werebear and just go smash it off as big bear yeah and it was so fun but they're just you just couldn't do it past like you know a, a certain difficulty like it just was not very good so they have diablo 4 now you can choose the druid and they have kept the model from diablo 3 where you can uh be i think pretty much viable with almost any skill tree certainly there will always be some that are greater than others sure but you know what you can be a viable werebear right now so i've just been ripping people apart it's been fantastic you've been just having a complete blast with yes. it yes yeah i was like as soon as it fired up i was like man i can't even tell you how many times i picked druid and how many times it was a disappointment and there it is one more time just sitting there like am i going to choose the same thing i used to always choose and i'm like yep because we can do it this time wow 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 so that is very fun. exciting you know, it's so it's so strange for me too because with this particular game, because I started playing like back, I don't know, maybe like six months ago or something. I was like, you know, I, I'm I'm really bored. I don't have anything going on. It's kind of cold weather right now. So like, I was like, I might just go close myself in my office, play a little bit of like Diablo Two Resurrected. And so at the time, I had like pulled it up and everything, and had the game open, and I was just kind of having fun, like running around, like you know, like literally in like the most normal version of the game. I don't think I ever got past like level. 25 and Mm -hmm. like the max house like 99 so like i didn't get very far in it but it happened to be the period of time where they were they had the pre-release or the available sign up to where you could be like a beta tester for d4 and i was like oh man that'd be so much like that'd be so cool like to be able to like play like sooner rather than later like what an exciting thing and i was like i was like right on the fence and i was like god maybe maybe i'll do it i ultimately ended up not doing it but then like d4 gets released and it was like one of these things where i was like why am i so hesitant to go and play 
this new game. And I've actually had the exact same thing happening right now uh, because when Alice was pregnant with Addison, we were having the home renovated and like at night, like we were like, you know, kind of finding like a new kind of like version of activities because we really couldn't do most of the things that like we had been accustomed to doing partially due to the fact that it was still like pandemic era times. Right. Like you couldn't really go out and like Alice was of course pregnant and like the nausea was really like a big deal. So like a lot of times it was like, all right, we're parked on the couch. So we started playing Breath of the Wild the the Zelda game and we absolutely like loved it we actually like played the whole thing the whole game through together like like she would sit on the couch and like if I couldn't solve something she would like have like the player's guide open or whatever and we would like go through and like you know I mean like we literally played it like very collaboratively right so when tears of the kingdom was coming out it was the same thing it was like oh my gosh it's gonna be so much fun like i can't wait to like you know i had the game pre-ordered i had it the day it came out i was like oh it's gonna be awesome here we go yeah it's gonna be so much fun and um sure enough it was like one of those things like where i even like bust out the switch i got everything charged like the the joy cons and I did all the rest <clears throat> i like loaded up the game had it up on the tv and like i couldn't bring myself to like press play oh man I'm like, I'm like man i don't know what's going on like i i i always end up finding myself in this position i think i'm like I get so close to doing the thing and then I'm so afraid that it's going to like let me down in some way that I'm like, Oh no, my fear of this thing letting me down is outweighing my joy from playing it. Right. And I'm like, I'm trying, I think I really started to like crystallize here in the past week because you've been playing Diablo 4 and um, at night, like on several times, like over the past several weeks, Alice has been like, do you want to play the new Zelda game? Like we could do it together. Like, no, she's even to. offering. At, uh, 100%. Yeah. Like she is fully on board. Like she is invested in like in the story in the story and and like even even the situation where like she is just sitting next to me while i'm playing the game like yeah. she like she wants me to be playing the game so she mm-hmm. can be watching that happen that sounds um, like yeah Lu, Lu, uh, nick and nate especially love watching me play mario odyssey right that's now. awesome they're just like we'll play game but what they mean is they want to watch me play the game but that's not the worst <laughs> Isn't that, oh i'm like <laughs> i'm like well um, i'll be over here playing video game with the kids let's go <laughs> i'm i'm parenting i'm parenting, I'm parenting. we're bonding okay yes. <laughs> um but so so last night i was we were like we kind of got through our whole day we had like seen some friends and stuff like that we went out to eat and we got home and we were kind of like we had finished the show we were watching so we didn't have like anything like up next or anything i'm sitting there like in the living room and i'm just like i am like i like literally looked at her and i was like god i am so bored right now yeah. and it was she was like well we should do something and i was like <sighs> i'm too afraid to turn it on you know it was just like i was like she's like Ben, put the put the console Just in. Put it on, and, man. And I'm like I'm like in a bad mood too. I was like I was like grumpy about it. I was like, fine, fine, all right. Okay. Watch what happens. Watch what happens. Watch turn, this game disappoint me. Turn it on, and like within seconds, yeah. you're like literally like walking through like the original like gameplay, like where Zelda keeps interrupting you every 14 steps to tell you something new. Yeah. And I was just like, I'm back. I'm back. And it was just like I was like climbing walls, like when there was absolutely no need to. And I was like, but you never know if there's a need to in Zelda. You never know. There might be something up there. I, I found trousers, no top, and I was like, there must be a top somewhere. Yeah, yeah exactly. Know? Like they didn't put these here by themselves. The right. other one, the other pieces around here we're on the opening plateau okay right, yeah. Yeah. There must, it must be here somewhere yeah. so i'll keep looking exactly um anyway so yeah I, it was like i was like god i need i need to override this this programming in my brain that does this thing to me yeah like it's like i don't know i because i i feel like i talk to everybody else and everybody like doesn't seem to have this shared worry or concern or or something but like i i think that i'm just always i'm more afraid of being let down than i am 
excited excited over something happening yeah excited to be happy <laughs> exactly exactly yeah. yeah yeah it's like it's like i'm so afraid that like the happiness like will will uh not be available so it's like i don't i it's like i don't even want to like i don't want to enter the store mm. i don't even want to enter the store and then i was so i was like i woke up this morning and i was like it was so fun I can't wait to and play. like if you haven't played it yet so far the like some of the new mechanics are just absolutely incredible and awesome and so cool but then i was also like but then jay just started playing diablo 4 so maybe i should just like just go all in dude just go all in man because i'll tell you what I could use some help in the game at points because I will say um, one of the things about like uh, where, like Diablo 2 maybe you got to the point where like your character was no longer like viable like good luck you actually just can't beat the game anymore almost no matter what right or you need a party of people at which point they're just doing everything and you're just sort of there for the ride right whereas Diablo 3 I felt like I could go through and occasionally I'd come across a challenging fight but for the most part you could just blast through stuff you could do like you know like oh have to adjust my strategy a little bit here or I could be a little bit better about this whatever Diablo 4 they're like yeah even even just right away you're like yeah it takes a little bit of effort to just like knock down even just some basic enemies some quill rats some quill rats and stuff yeah it's like okay all right this is going to take a little bit more doing you're really going to like plan out the combos and stuff like that but there have been times where I have come up to like uh, what like a like a boss situation, and I will go in, and they will just like tear me down in like ten seconds, and I'm like, oh man! All right, let me try that again. Let me try that again, and I'll go in, and I'll get them maybe like halfway down, and then they'll they'll knock me down again. I'm like, mm! and I'll come in, and we'll get to like you know, and it's so annoying because this is a new mechanic in this game where like in in old Diablo games, if a boss beat you, it's like you would respawn back in town, you'd go through your portal, you set up the next portal, you go get your body, and you pick up right where you left off. Like, right. All the damage you did was still on that boss. You just have to go a little bit further this time. Right, like, right, right. Not the case in this one. Like, if you're fighting a boss, you, like, basically walk into, like, an arena most of the time. Okay. Or, like, a, an obviously boundaried-off area, even if it's in, like, the middle of the wild or something. And, like... They reside in that area. So if you die fighting the boss, the game was aware that you were in the middle of a boss fight and it's not treated like a regular enemy. You walk back in there, they're back at full health. They're like, no, no, no. You will have to kill this guy without dying. Whoa. And it is, I mean, which, like, fine, that's cool, but it is so frustrating if you got him down like 90% of the way and now you have to start over. Because sometimes they're going to get this weird, like, lucky hit and you're like, mm. but. I will say, so there's been some bosses where I've had to go back in like almost 10 times to go in and try and like figure out what am I doing wrong? What do I need to adjust? What could I change? And like finally, finally getting them down. Just like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe I finally got Because like there will be, you'll be going through on like round like six or seven. And you're like, this is basically impossible. There's no way I can do this right now. Right. And like feeling like I'm, I'm way under leveled, but eventually... Um, finding your way to the finish line is like very satisfying. I but, bet so. But man, yeah, yesterday. So one thing I had not done yesterday was like you can upgrade your potions, I guess. Rather than finding bigger potions, you just go talk to someone and they just upgrade your potions altogether. So every potion you find is always the same level. You can just upgrade the kind of potion you find, I guess, if that Inter makes sense. Interesting. So yeah, I was basically That's playing new. with like, and you can only carry like five at a time. So I was fighting someone yesterday and I was basically having to use like two or three at a time just to like refill my health where I was like, okay, now if I go get better potions, I can really space them out and extend my, um, your longevity. A okay. lot. Yeah. So it's like, they're really wanting you to like, like find all the different mechanics of the game. Yes, in order and it was to, like, yeah. that, that made a big difference. That made a big difference. And then just learning like, oh, this boss's attack does this. But if I cast this particular shield right now, I will be safe. So that's good. Anyway. 
Um, if you want to play D4, you know, I'd be happy to jam with you. Okay. Yeah. It's just um, have a jam session. But speaking of switch things, I am super excited right now because I have been like, it, this has been like a project, a project air quotes in the back of my mind for like, I don't know, ye- like five or six years at this point, okay. which has been the just slow waiting for Star Fox 64 to be released on the Switch. Oh, man, that's I some know. nostalgia for you. It was, I mean, I loved Star Fox 64. It was one of my favorite games growing up because it was the kind of game where you could sit down and you could beat the entire game in like an hour. Yeah. Like it was almost like designed to be it's like it's not like insanely hard or anything sure like you but it was so fun because it was almost like a choose your own adventure like depending on how you did in each level you could choose different paths to the end and um it was like you know it was you could earn medals for like how many ships you destroyed or whatever um and i was just it was so fun and i've learned like you know since since the days of the n64 i haven't like picked it up in a very long time and like i remember like when they started releasing old n64 games on the wii like oh man maybe they'll put Star Fox on here and i don't think they ever did and then i was like are they ever going to put it on the the wii u and i don't think they ever did and uh, or like are they ever just going to make a new Star Fox game that is basically the same as the n64 one but new okay you know and it's like they haven't all the star fox games that have come out since then have been terrible like they're just not good wow i know that's very surprising so it's just like yeah i think it's been like passed around in development i know it's gotten it's been like this weird thing that despite being this huge nintendo property it's just sort of been like fumbled around and passed around and they've met a bunch of weird snags and stuff but so anyway finally finally on the switch they released the star fox 64 and i sort of had the same thing as you i'm like Oh my god, it's here. I could play it. I could do it right now. But yes. then I'm like, but you know what? I don't I'm like I'm like staring down at like my Switch controller and I'm like, you know what though? What part of part of what made Star Fox so good was the N64 controller specifically. Like its configuration was good. Like I like I don't I like I don't know. Wait, you thought the N64 controller was good? I liked it for this game especially. And like a lot of games, yeah, I know the N64 is like such a wonky looking controller if you don't know what it looks like. But I mean, it's it's iconic. It's iconic. Yeah. It's iconic. And I felt like the ways in which you had to do the button because there were certain things in the game that involved you like doing certain button combos with the N64 controller. Okay. In a way that I don't feel like the regular Switch controller would feel natural okay like like i don't i'm like part of me is like i don't want to play and have to relearn how to do like a u-turn in the r-wing or how to do like a, a circle around to get back behind my opponent or something i want to play and part of the nostalgia to be doing the button combos with my fingers to do the same things have you considered just busting out an n64 and well, playing the original well, i don't know where our old n64 is and i don't think tvs have like the red white yellow controllers any or like uh, hookups uh, oh, anymore hookups, yeah, yeah. and i think if you want to buy an n64 anymore it's fairly expensive okay like they've become collectible and stuff so no that hasn't happened to me so my next thought was like i wonder if there is just like an n64 switch controller 
because they've got like we have a GameCube controller. It, it seems yeah, it that, seems that like seems there's like got to yeah. be one. So I looked that up, and sure enough, Nintendo has made one. Like Nintendo made it. it's not no like way. a third party, like one. not Bad Cats. Yes, but it was like a limited release sort of thing, which like immediately sold out naturally. <laughs> so, of course, like duh. Was it was um, it also like gold plated? It, no, it just looks gray. It looks like the original. Okay, one. okay, yeah. okay. But so this weekend, I, I well, I had been I was on eBay and I had lost a bid for a, a Pokemon card, but while I was there like beneath it was like other things you might like and it was there it was the n64 switch controller for what looked like a reasonable price to me i clicked on it looked like a nice seller it looked like verified i was like this is it i'm doing it i'm getting the n64 switch controller right now and i'm like i'm not going to overthink it i'm not going to be like is it too much for this because like probably yes but also i'm getting it right we're doing it i've been wanting this for this one game for so long so I just, I got it on eBay, so it's on its way to us. Oh my God, I kept thinking As that story speak. was about to be like, and then I lost it. No, no, it was just like a buy it now. And it was like, you know, it was someone that was like, I'm just doing, I'm just, I'm buying it now. Doing the buy it now price. We're going for it. We're getting it. So it is on its way here. And I cannot wait for it to arrive so that I can go buy Star Fox and have some serious fun blowing up Andross and, you know, saving the galaxy. It's going to be great. This feels like one of those things where it almost feels like you should be like, yes, I need a, I need a mental health day from work. Yeah. Or alternatively, like, me, I will be uh, I'll be playing Star Fox today. <laughs> my phone is do not disturb. Yeah, um, I will be I will be locked and sequestered away mm-hmm. for at least one hour, <laughs> yeah. yes. which is the necessary time it will take to to beat the entire game. Exactly. Exactly. It'll be great. And then I'll have to beat it again and then again, because, you know, I got to try all you got to beat all the levels. You know, you can't tr- you can't do every level every time you play through it. Ah, you know? yes. Okay. It's like level five will always be one of these three levels. So which one are you going to choose this time? That's how they get you. you know? Yes. I remember before we got the original start. So let me just, let me just take you back to the nineties listener. Oh gosh. Okay. I know. All right. I'm I don't know if you it. remember this, but they, we used to get, maybe it was part of our like Nintendo power subscription. That was a magazine you would get from Nintendo that would just tell you all about games and cheat codes and strategy guides and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know if this was part of that, but sometimes in the mail would be a VHS tape, which was basically like a 30-minute commercial promoting a game that was coming out in the future. I do not remember this at all. Well, let me tell you that it occasionally happened. There was one for Pokemon back when that happened, but there was also one for Star Fox before it came out. And uh, the big thing about Star Fox was that it was introducing the rumble pack to the N64 yes, controller. The yes. rumble pack. The the ability to, like, the, the controller itself couldn't vibrate on its own. You had to add this, like, had, big, bulky yes. thing to the back of it. Yes, you plugged it into the back, and then when your ship took damage, you could feel it in the controller, which is so standard on, like, everything today. Yes. But, like, look, if you love the sensation of your controller vibrating in your hands when you take damage or do anything in a video game, you can thank Star Fox 64 for pioneering and popularizing the Rumble Pack on the N64. The Rumble Pack. So I remember, yeah, that I remember back, we had the Rumble Pack. Uh, we had the VHS. I was so hyped on this game coming out. I remember, like, we, I would play through it all the time. I remember beating it on, like, the, the hardest run of planets the first time. Um, which is the only so in the game there's three different vehicles you can pilot there's like the r-wing which is like your spaceship there's the land cruiser which is like a tank and then there's a submarine and i remember 
all the commercials featured the submarine. Like, oh man, this one, this is so cool. And I was like, I remember beating the game several times and never coming across it at all. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. You can only access it if you take the hardest route and it's only in one level. Okay. I think I remember that one level. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I remember finally getting to the point where I could use the submarine, that being super exciting. And then I remember if you beat it on it's like on like the hardest difficult or you take the hardest line of planets all the way to the end, there's like an alternate ending. And I remember uh, the first time that happened, like my mind being blown by the alternate ending and running upstairs and you were still asleep and I woke you up to tell you all about it. Oh my gosh. I don't know if you remember that, but I, I remember it. <laughs> that's amazing. God, we're yeah. really going down some 90s nostalgia oh, today, man, I know, we? right? So anyway, I can't wait to relive all that in the very near future. Hopefully. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. Is this another one that you would not want ruined for, for any of the kids? Like, like it's very important that you don't know how this, this ends oh, up. Oh, no. I don't care about that. That's fine. So I feel like there is a pretty epic ending to Star Fox. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool ending. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. But um, I'm, yeah, I'm not as concerned about them like seeing the alt ending or, or I don't even anticipate them being like really into it because I think like there would it'd be so hard to get into it in the way that people did in the 90s because it you know there's just better games now but either which way i feel like you should stream it because i there, think there, so there, yeah. there is like a part <laughs> there is a part of me that is kind of like i'm kind of curious to like go through and like i don't remember hardly anything about the game at all other than maybe in the first level there's a waterfall that like if like eventually we learned you could like draw like fly straight through the waterfall and then like mm. pop out and it was like an easier way to like end the first level there is yes there you you are correctly it's not an easier way that's the way you access the hard side of the map ah yeah okay so in the first level there's like this point where you're flying over like a lake and on the lake there's all these stone arches and if you fly under all of the stone arches in a row then the game will redirect you through the waterfall <sighs> instead of the regular ending that's right yeah that's right. I, this i do think this was like another one of those like probably tiny little granular things that ultimately led us down the path that we that we found ourselves on today like doing super carlin brothers but i feel like it was like it was like not everybody knew that that like worked and i yeah. feel like i never like when when we had friends come over as a kid i feel like we had several friends who did not have like a console of their own at home and so when they came over what they wanted to do was play nintendo and what i didn't want to do was play nintendo right um i usually was like well we could go throw walnuts at each other out in the yard have right you considered walnut, that? Wars. walnut wars yeah. it was a great game that we invented um that really never amounted to a whole lot of actually ever striking anybody successfully with the walnut because uh for that's pretty much the end of the game if that happened that's pretty <laughs> yeah. much because walnuts hurt basically like throwing baseballs at each other yes yeah. for sport um but i got to build defenses and usually you stood up on top of a hill and threw the walnuts down and i exactly. had to see if my defenses would hold right that was the, more of the game for the most part they would yeah. but anyway um i do think that this 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 one detail because i don't think i could ever be was is the sun level uh, am i remembering this correctly is mm -hmm. the sun level of star fox particularly difficult it was um the thing about the sun level, which I think was called solar, um, was that it was at a completely lava level. And at all times, no matter what was happening, your ship was taking damage from the heat. Okay. Just by being on the planet. So you were constantly having to like get more health back. And at you know, various points, they would throw giant waves of lava at you that were hard to dodge. So yes, uh, okay. that one was a little trickier because you were always taking damage no matter what, even if you were dodging incoming enemy fire. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Well, either which way, this was like my one way, like the one thing I wanted to do when I was playing Nintendo with people was like, let me show you the cool thing that I know. And it would be like on level one, look, did you know you could do this? Boom. Ba -boom. Now we're going through the waterfall. It's like, I do remember getting like a small handful of those like mind blown moments like, from <gasps> friends being like, <gasps> no I way. I know this about is that. How you you access the other parts of the map yeah and it's like whoa yeah i remember the first 
time I we made it through the waterfall, it was on complete accident. Like just through like you know fooling around on the game, I just like ended up going through all the arches, and it sent me down the water path and being like, "What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? This is amazing! Oh my gosh, what's going on?" And then like not knowing how I triggered it uh-huh. for like months after that, like oh, and, no. like playing through it, wondering like what. Why did I go through the waterfall that one time? Like, what did I do differently? I don't know. So you accidented upon it. So I accidented upon it and didn't know how I'd accidented upon it. You know, this is like a weird piece of like memory bank to go back through. But it's like nowadays, like so even like I was saying, like with Breath of the Wild, it was not uncommon if I was struggling with like a specific level or something like that for Alice to just be like, well, player's guide, let's look it up. Or like, we'll we'll watch a tutorial or somebody could like walk us through it. Or like, where's that last fragment that I can't find? It's like, oh, this one's hard to get, but here's where it is. Um, the thing about like playing video games in the nineties was frequently like, unless you bought the player's guide, which the game itself usually cost $60 and the player's guide was like an additional, like 20. It seemed like, um, there was nowhere to go. Like there, there, there was no one to ask. Like, yeah. there, was, there was no way to figure it out. Other right. than there just wasn't like, like, yeah, like, um, you know, the internet was fledgling. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's possible the information was out there and it just didn't occur to me to like go on the internet. Well, to that's, check. yeah, it sounds obvious now. Like even, even the fledging internet had like some amount of strategy guide on it. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Maybe depending on the popularity of the game and the, you know, web design prowess of the fans of the game to put the information out there. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that was also eight. You know, yeah, right. So like yeah, that's your limited internet access. And ex- exactly. Dial-up yeah, yeah. modem and <laughs> all the rest. Yeah. So it was yeah. like it. It is interesting to go back to that period of time and like like to to discover these types of details of video games then was like kind of a big deal because a lot of times it only happened through happenstance yeah. through experimentation and yeah. like even then you had to know that there was something worth experimenting to discover. Yeah. Because otherwise it was just like you know, you would never, you would never stumble across it. Right. So I think that's also probably why like Breath of the Wild and stuff is such a fun game because like, of course, there's a bazillion strategy guides and playthroughs and all of that. But like, it is very easy to just get like, get lost and go explore stuff completely on your own and discover unique things. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And that's, that is largely like, as soon as I got back into it yesterday, it was just like, all I want to do is go and climb that rock. Right. Or like jump off this thing or, you know, find it. There's got to be something behind behind this over here. Yeah. And then every time you find something, you do feel like, like, I'm a genius. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Man, I'm just saying, yeah, because the kids love watching me play Mario Odyssey. And it's like, it is so fun when you, like, find, like, the little secrets, which they're just, like, there's, like, a certain, like, way Mario games are designed where I've played so many at this point where it's like, I can, you can almost always tell like there's something here, something is askew. And it's like most of the time I can figure out what it is. Right. Like you'll learn like the patterns of the game. Like there's always in, you know, any given level, like a warp pipe that'll take you to like this puzzle off the actual game land and it's like oh yeah cross this path and at the end there will be a little power moon thing but it's like eventually you realize like every single time you enter one of these like warp pipe puzzles there are actually two moons in here there's a, there's the obvious one that's just like get to the other side of the room but then there's always the second like hidden one that you have to solve an extra secret to get to yes yeah and yep. i think that's true in zelda too like every little like shrine there's like yes there's a chest you, somewhere there's a there's a hidden chest somewhere yes yeah that's like a final fantasy thing too or at least it wasn't final fantasy 10 there's always like mm, you can solve the dungeon and you can get to the next 
uh, summon. But if you do a little extra work, you can get another very important orb that will basically be lost to time after if you don't do it while you're in this dungeon right now. Right. Now's the time. Yeah. Now's the time. So better get it. Yeah. It, w- yeah. What's also interesting about that is that like whenever somebody describes a game as like a puzzle to me, I'm usually like, that doesn't sound very interesting to me. Like, I, cause I, I feel like there's something about the word puzzle that makes me feel like it's like a riddle. You know, it's like, I'm not going to be able to solve that. And then like, I think what I realized is that it's like, no, it's like the ingenuity of the thing. It's like, it's like coming up with like the clever little solutions or whatever. And I'm like, are clever solutions just the answers to puzzles? And it's like, yes, they must be. Yeah. But like, it's so weird. Cause I feel like puzzle is like an overly simplified word. Yeah. It's like, it's like, Oh no. See, like that seems like intentionally tricky instead of like intentionally interesting. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. 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 I know what you mean. Yes. Anyway. So, uh, no, but having a lot of fun with that. So I'm sure you will continue to hear more about breath of, or not breath of the wild tears of the kingdom. Tears of the kingdom for weeks to come. And or Diablo four, my amazing wear bear. Nice. Jamalama. Last transition. Transition. Popcorn Culture is sponsored by Shopify. Y'all are likely aware of the fact that we have our very own Shopify store, Carlin Brothers Mercantile. And it's hard to imagine not having it now, but arriving at the decision to open our own web store was a big one. In fact, we started our journey on the interweb back in 2012 and didn't finally open up shop until 2018. And a huge part of that is just not knowing where to start, but that's where Shopify steps in. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, which is a fancy way of saying it's a really easy and effective way to start an online business, no matter if you're operating out of your garage or have like a whole building or three or something. Once we were set up, our biggest concern was trying a new product only to discover no one was interested in it. But Shopify is powered with so many reports, more than you can even imagine. And this is so handy because it allows us to use data to better provide what folks are actually interested in. It's so easy to use, but even if you do find yourself caught in a jam, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash pop pop. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash pop pop now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash pop pop. Popcorn Culture is supported by Arena Club. Okay, so you guys know that I love trading card games and that me and Ben are big time collectors of Pokemon cards. You know, it's that childhood fantasy of finally being able to use adult money to buy those highly coveted rares of our youth. And like even in our office, we have not one, but two full display cases with some of our all time favorite rarest cards that we've pulled. But something I did not know existed when I was a kid in my youth was the grading process for trading cards or sports cards or whatever you're collecting. You know, to me, it was just like a rare Charizard is a rare Charizard. Like it doesn't, doesn't matter if it's been hanging out in my pocket with my lucky paper clip. Turns out it does matter and kind of a lot because if you get your cards professionally graded, it can add huge value. And then not only that, but once they're graded, they will like seal them in that pristine condition inside of a plastic case or what's known in the industry as a slab. And that's where Arena Club steps in because it's like buying a booster pack, but it's for a pre graded card. 
Now, I know that can take like maybe a second to wrap your head around because you're opening physical cards on a digital platform, which means you open the pack online and see your polls where they can be added to your showroom for the world to see. But you can also request them to be sent to you at any time. So they have got a ton of pre-graded cards and then you will get to randomly open one and then they'll keep it for you or they can send it to you or you can just like sell it or trade it online or whatever you want to do. But whether you're buying, selling, trading or or displaying arena club is the card collecting platform you have got to check out and right now you can get 10 percent off your first purchase by going to arena club.com slash pop pop which wow that is a crazy offer 10 percent off a 400 slab pack that's like 40 dollars right there anyway that's arena club.com slash pop pop for 10 percent off your first purchase All right, Ben. So uh, this morning I was in the car with uh, young young Lukester. Okay, we were um, we were at the at the pharmacy, and Luke was asking, you know, if uh, if because Beth wanted to get him some medicine. He had an upset stomach this weekend, but uh, he was like, "Is mommy getting me a toy?" And I was like, "No, I don't think so. She's getting medicine." And so then, like two minutes later, he's like, "Daddy, when we go back." To Holden Beach, can we go back to that same store and get the alien surfboard? Because like th- there was like a, a toy. We had this. We had this cool toy at the beach, where it was like this, like just surfer dude standing on a surfboard. It was really cool. Like, and if you threw it into the waves, like no matter what, it would pop up, and like the next wave would hit it, and like th- it would look like a dude riding a surfboard coming back to shore. It was really cool. Yeah, it was, it was like, really cool. I was like, someone came up with some like fun plastic physics here that make this work and it's such a simple toy but it like it is so fun watching it work it is it it reminds me i don't know if you remember when we were kids but there was these like there it was like an eagle shaped balance toy yes. where all of the weight of it was like right in its beak yeah. so you could like put it on the end of your finger and it would just like balance up there and yeah. i remember I, I just thinking it was like the coolest thing ever i would always like put it on like the edge of my bed so it was like defying physics yeah but it, it was just like, like it should fall but it's yeah, not but it's not yeah so anyway it's exactly like that yeah it's exactly for, like, like, like water yeah but so we went to like one of those like waves beach stores or whatever and it turns out they were just selling more versions of those at the store and there was like a little alien one so you know i thought it was funny first of all that he was asking like can we go back and just get like to to that store to buy that alien and then like nick and nate who were sitting next to him like i want one i want one he's like well they only had one and i'm like yeah it's so funny that like in your mind they've got one for the rest of time <laughs> right, right, right. Like, like like and it'll that specific one will still be there right that yeah. that is extremely funny it's like yeah, yeah. Like, this this is not a concern like not like i'm not worried that someone else will buy it between now and potentially next year, next year when we go back yeah like it'll be fine it'll still be there but nick and nate there's only one there's only one okay and, and it's i'm calling it right now a year out but so then i'm like um you know uh, I'm having I'm, or, I don't know if I'm like hedging or trying to have a conversation about like money or something and I'm like well how are you going to buy it do you have any money and he's like well just how do you make money and I was like well you got to do work you got to do work you got to earn and he's like no how do you make money like with paper <laughs> I was like you can't. I was just like I was like, I at first described to him like how you had to work, like how like, you know, I, I go to work and that's how I make money. And then he's like, no, but how do you make it? And I'm like, that's how you got to go ahead and earn it. He's like, yeah, but no, but, but like, 
make it with paper. And I was like, that was like, it's so funny to me that like Luke's immediate instinct upon like how to get money was to just <laughs> literally produce, just literally produce it himself straight to counterfeiting. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's just like, not that he has any concept of like where it comes from or anything like that, but no, as for always, yeah. this always reminds me of, of like the, the conversations I would have with mom as a kid where yeah. I just did not, I did not understand the idea of checks. Yeah. And it was just sort of like, like it, it did not occur to me that a check was basically a relationship between you, the person, a bank, and then also the establishment that you were shopping with. Right. And so like whenever I would, I would ask mom for a toy, she was like, no, we don't have any money. And which was, I think usually her, her way of just like, just being like, no, we're not buying something. Right. It's like, and I was like, in my mind, I was always just like, mom, we'll just write a check. It'll be we'll fine. Write a check. <laughs> they like, won't know we don't of, have you money. You have a pad of paper in your thing that you can just write on and it's effective. You can just make money that way. Right. You, yeah. you put whatever amount down you need. Right. Okay. And like, then it's done. We can put $1 million <laughs> and we'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> that would probably raise some red flags. <laughs> right. I have to imagine. But uh, that's, that's exactly what it reminds me of. Like, it's yeah. like, oh, wait, no. It's like, I don't, Dad, I don't know if you've considered this before. I understand you go to work all day in order to make this money right but, but what we could also do is there's some printer paper back home i bet we can right. make we'll just we'll just make it we'll make it we'll make it we'll cut it out and then we'll go spend it all right we'll just get whatever we want it's not i can't it's so much easier uh, we'll have an alien <laughs> we'll surfboard by 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 the weekend i know we'll just physically make the money <laughs> it was so funny just immediately where his mind went to just like no i'm not gonna why would i do work when i can just make my own it's so much better right right, right. <laughs> you have clearly overthought it yeah i have the better strategy yeah, better strategy it was like you know what you know what that would be the better strategy if it wasn't like extremely illegal <laughs> right yeah yeah, yeah. That's, yeah that's the problem you're gonna have to show him uh catch me if you can yes yeah yeah I'll just grow up to be a con man. and <laughs> <laughs> What a role model. What a role model. Yeah, Frank William Abagnale Jr. That's the one. That's yeah. the one. You know, I actually, my favorite part about that movie always is when he uh, is soaking all of the little toy planes in the bathtub and then yeah. he like carefully takes off like the sticker and like drops it onto like the blank check. Right. It's always so satisfying. I'm like, wow. Wow. I'd buy that. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Like he's like, all that's really stopping me from producing my own checks is I don't have access to the stickers on them. I know. It's like, if I could just find the planes that he was using, I'd be fine. I'd be fine. I'd be completely fine. I mean, as a kid, these were all (laughs) the unrealistic things that like, like it was never... I was never seeing like a Megazord or something like that. Like that, like those were never the the like unbelievable things that stuck with me. It was always like the little stuff. So I think I've talked before about like Home Alone three. Yeah, there's like a computer chip that like is for like a missile or something like that mm-hmm. that that some other foreign government wants, and it's like hidden inside of like a toy truck. But like the fact that like inside of the toy truck is like a computer chip, and then the, like my realization that if you just like take things apart, you can find computer chips inside of them, and mm-hmm. it's like, hey, maybe. That maybe one of those missile codes is inside our telephone. Yeah. <laughs> we should, we've got some real value right, right here. Yeah, it's like, mom, have we considered taking apart all of our electronics? <laughs> all of our electronics. <laughs> Just be glad I never took apart the N64 because I'm sure I considered it. Oh man, yeah, that would have been a real bummer. I could see, I could see that going extremely poorly. Oh man, I was watching a TikTok the other day where someone was like going through like the progress of Super Nintendo uh, video games where they had just the cartridges and they were like, here's some of the early game models and to be like a chip that was like, you know. Uh, a two by two 
square that okay. was inside of it and it's like and that's what this is what this game looked like and then it's like then a few years later you know you got this and they get to like donkey kong country and it's like now they're taking up the whole board and if you look down at the cartridge size they even have two little additional processor plates down here and then it's like now it's like a mario kart for or super mario kart the original one it's like now they've added in all these extra chips all over here that's basically adding a whole nother bit of memory and this one's like another graphics driver this one does this and you're like wow like there's a lot of different things happening inside the cartridge i never considered that's so cool <laughs> that is very interesting like yeah. if you were to physically take apart the um like the cartridge itself it's like you would find different things inside of the different games yeah absolutely yeah Dang, depending on like how complicated the game was and like what kind of stuff it could do well i've seen i've seen things before where people have taken apart their like their original like pokemon cartridge games because i remember when we were kids we had a, a pokemon blue version that was yours and something i, I think it was like I was always under the impression, and maybe maybe this was still the case, but there was like the missing no code. Oh yeah, the missing um, no cheat for sure. Yeah, which was like the ability to go and you could like talk to this one guy like just outside of Pallet Town, and then if you flew to uh, Cinnabar Island, you could like surf on like the right hand edge, yep. and then you would discover a Pokemon called like Missing No, which was yep. like missing number, and it was this like weird like you know yeah uh, computer chip looking thing yes exactly yeah. but it's like i could never figure out whether or not this was like a built-in design or a straight up glitch oh straight up glitch it was a straight up glitch yeah unintended unintended but it made the eighth item in your inventory multiply by like 99 yeah which is like a very 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 weird unusual problem yeah weird um, effect that you could pull off yes and so what what i mean we would always do is that we would go find a rare candy put it in the eighth spot and then basically like you know surf up and down and you could like level up all of your characters to level 99 yeah and it was just like wow this is amazing it's like, amazing pokemon yeah. is so easy i know i have infinite master balls now right yeah, yeah. oh yeah master ball that was the yeah other that one. was other um, those are the two things everyone would max out as master balls and rare candies right and you can catch anything you want no matter what with the master ball and immediately level it up to max level yeah um but what i feel like happened with this was it seemed to like corrupt corrupt the cartridge itself to yes. the point where it would not save anymore so we would like i remember like there'd be like days where like tyler would have a soccer game in the morning or something that we needed to go to so like we would like wake up first thing in the morning on a saturday and start playing and then just play as long as we could until the batteries basically died in the game boy yeah and that was as far as you got to ever get at any point in time because then it would die and then you would not be able to yeah, you couldn't save and you couldn't turn it off because you couldn't save. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so it was always kind of like this big, like, all right, how far can we get this time? Which is sort of like an interesting way to play the game, I guess. Is right. like in one go, how far can you get? Right. Um, but also I have since seen this is like another one of those things with the cartridges where people like were able to like take them apart, literally like remove it, take the chip itself out, and then like re-solder together like this like one line of of computer chip, mm -hmm. and it would like solve that problem and like repair the cartridge itself I, I think that is a thing you can yeah for sure do because the other thing that happened after like 20 years or something like the i guess they're like on the on the circuit board cartridge inside of the plastic was like a like a very tiny like almost watch battery type thing oh yes yes, like, yes yes yeah that was like powering the ability to save or something okay and so what was happening was yeah like it um after a certain amount of time, like everyone's save file just died because like 
on mass every pokemon games battery died at the right. same time so it was like this is sort of the end the like the the weird unofficial end of all like the red and blue games because like now now the batteries are just too old but you could go in and repair them and like revive them i guess it's sort of amazing yeah that that's, that's kind of cool yeah because it's like it's such a I, I always think about this like with watch batteries that like you know you buy you buy your watch and mm. like you never think about it like, i mean like i have like a fitbit which i have to charge like for like three days or whatever but like back when i was a kid i would have a digital watch that i would wear all the time and like the batteries just never died uh-huh. like at all right um and it's like it's it's fascinating to me because batteries feel like one of those pieces of technology that like for whatever reason the next major breakthrough never seems to have like been able to like cross that threshold like we've been able to make devices at large more efficient and therefore able to use less battery throughout the process but like the battery itself like it doesn't seem like we've had like a breakthrough in the same way as we've had with all other technology to where it's like, oh yeah, this battery now can just last like your your iPhone battery can just last for like 48 days. Right. You know, like <laughs> without dying. And it's just like like it used to be the case that you need to have like a phone charger next to your like your bed at night so you could like plug it in. It's like now you don't have to do that anymore because your phone just like it's just not gonna right. die. Like, like, it doesn't it doesn't really die. Batteries yeah. are just that efficient nowadays. In the meantime, though, that was effectively what happened with your watch. Like it would just go and go and go and go and go. And it's like it's it's using such a small amount of energy. And it's like, you know, when you see a watch battery, it's good. It's like a nickel. Yeah. You know, it's like it's such a so tiny, tiny, a tiny piece of of whatever. And yet it never dies. And so this is what blew my mind about discovering that there was like little watch batteries inside of Game Boy cartridges is that it was like no way right like what like they were accounting for the fact that at some point in time it would die right you know or like unless unless literally the process of playing the game was also actively like recharging the battery somehow which i guess would give it like a bit more life i have no idea but no either idea way how, it's uh, cartridge batteries work right it, it, they must have just been asking for such a small such an infinitesimal amount of like requests from that battery that it's like it's going to take a long time. Yeah. You know, because you just don't think about that happening. But at the same rate, people also talk about like wearing out their VHSs when they were a kid. And it was like, well, I guess that was not something I ever really super considered either. Yeah. But I guess, yeah, it's just a, it's just a, the actual physical tape getting worn out. Cause exactly. it's been run through the mechanism that many times. That many times. Yep. Yeah. I think that there were certain movies where we had like a, like something got like messed up at some point in the movie. And that was always like one of those weird things where it was like, I've never really seen that part of the movie before. Cause it would always skip. <laughs> and then it was like, Whoa, that's that's what happens there. Oh. Like I've seen, I've seen Lion King so many times. Never knew about Mufasa. It really changes that. everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had a gosh. This is I maybe mean, this is just like the video game episode. There was once upon a time the uh, portable gaming device, the PSP, the PlayStation Portable. Did you have one of those? I had one of them. Wow. Yeah, I know. It was like I was like I'm going to be so on the cutting edge of this. I remember thinking like I got it for Christmas one year, and it was like the same year that I was working. I, I had like a part time job at Panera Bread. Nice. Yeah. And I remember thinking like the, I'm going to be like the guy that is on top of this and I will like and now I have income to buy games and I'll just have like a cool library of PSP games and it'll be like this is definitely the future and it, like it was not. Um, but I remember one of the games I had was called Ultimate Alliance, which was this like Marvel uh, game where you could just like choose a team of superheroes and you play through. It was super fun. Right. And I remember I would play through it and there was like at one point the specific section of the game where like no matter what the game would just like stop like i could not advance beyond this point in the game for some reason okay like i was i I never knew why i never knew like what what was going on what glitch was occurring but i was always like 
it must just be something there must be like a scratch on my like my little disc or something right on this particular part of the game and i would i like i think i played through it like i would get there and i'd be frustrated and i'd be like Ugh! and then maybe i'd be like maybe if i just start a new save file i'll choose different heroes because you know it didn't matter you could still play with the heroes up to that point and i'll just maybe when i get there the next time it'll be fine like uh-huh. it'll it'll have sorted itself out or something like that and no matter what it's, it's amazing how you could like talk yourself into believing that that's possible. Yeah. You're like, yeah. okay, yeah, maybe it was just like that save file. Something was wrong there. I'll just replay it. And, it, you know, it'd be like 10 hours worth of gameplay to get to this particular spot. Right. So it would take a long time. And every time I'd get there, I'd be like, is it going to work? Am I going to be? Or or I'd be wondering, like, am I doing something wrong? Like, it, like I think it, it involved like picking up a sword or something is like what it would not let you do. And I was like, do I need to do something else to pick up the sword? Am I playing the game wrong? And like, I remember looking it up like, nope you should just be able to pick it up it just won't let you do it or whatever and i went like i I probably went through this like five or six times because it was still just fun to play in the meantime but like i went as far as to buy a whole second copy of the game at some point i'm like i have got to figure out what happens in the second half of this game and like it has to be this cartridge and i played it in there and i went up to that exact same spot in the game and it still wouldn't let me go past so no there was way. like something about this game and like my physical playstation portable device that was not letting me like get past this point of the game it was so annoying that i had, I had basically beaten the front half of the game like six or seven times and just couldn't move past this point for unknown reasons to me, even to this day. But eventually, uh, they also had the game on the Switch, uh, or not on the Switch, sorry, the Wii okay. back, in the, back then, and um, I got the game a third time to play on the Wii, convinced that it would let me pass that point. And sure enough, finally. Oh my God, I was through. about to say, I was like, I'm, I'm going to lose my mind if you tell me it didn't work again. Because no. like at this point in time, it would it's feel like, like no, 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 okay. At this point, it's the game. That's when the game, the game ends. You That's can't pick up game. Thor's hammer. That's yeah. what it was. That's and you're not is. Thor. So No. Yeah, that was it. I just never chose Thor. Uh. Right, yeah. Oh man, okay. Now it makes all the sense in the world. <laughs> yeah, but eventually I beat, um, I, w- I went on to beat Ultimate Alliance many times on the Wii. Man, so you sp- you've fun. spent some hours on this game. I, uh, yeah, I sp- but it was super fun because you could play it like multiplayer. I remember like me and Tyler would play it a bunch. I think me and you and our co- me and you and Ty and our cousin Michael would play it at the beach even sometimes. I remember that. Yeah, that was super fun. And uh, I've beaten. I remember I got Ultimate Alliance two when that came out, and me and all my college roommates would play that together. And I uh, I also have Ultimate Alliance three, and I recently beat that on the Switch. So it has been a fun little series to go through. That's very cool. Yep, anyway. Inter- interestingly, on this exact same note there is I, i'm like literally looking at our bookshelves right now which is what was making me think about it because i was like if there's an example of something like this that uh that has that has like stood out to me as well before and so it's it's a name of the wind type thing and i think it's in wise man's fear the second book and like i have always listened to it every single time i've read it on like through audible yeah and so i've probably read the book at this point in time i don't know 10 or 11 times or both both books and um at some point in time like obviously quoth is like the narrator of the story yeah. and he's like telling you the story from the inn that he now resides in and there is one chapter in the book on audible where it would well in my mind it would just literally get like halfway through a sentence and then cut off and every single time i was always like what am i missing yeah like what's going on here is there something else because like i think he's talking about like how to get into the archives or something like that so it's like it's sort of like a mysterious sort of like like you know, underneath the university, like more information. And, and, and I was always like, I, you know, I like to write theories about this and everything. And I was like, I should probably check the book just to see like what's actually happening 
in this moment because he just cuts off mid-sentence every single time. And I, I always think like, you know, like, I'm just driving to work. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Like, I, I know the rest of the story. I've never really felt like something like major was missing. And it finally took me to like, like physically opening up the copy of the book, going to the page in particular to discover like what's going on. And what, what happens is that it's the only time that this ever happens in the book, but someone just walks into the inn while he's telling the story. And so the chapter ends, but I feel like it's very intentional because the chapter ends and he's like mid-sentence talking about something that is like otherwise mysterious. And then like, it never picks back up. So it's always like, he was going to tell us something else. Oh, he was about to tell you something better. There is something at the end of this paragraph that is informative in a way that like suggests that like he knows one more thing that he has never told you the the reader because he just sort of got distracted and then picks the story back up. Yeah. And it's like, (gasps) what is that thing? That is, that's frustrating. That's like that. Another thing I feel like that sometimes happens in yeah books like this, like where like, um, is you'll find a spot where whoever was recording the book clearly came to like a spot where they need to like stop the recording and press go again. Or they're like, all right, I think we're going to wrap there for today. We'll uh, see you back in the morning. Right. You know, or, or like the person editing it just left, like, you know, because I mean, it's 56 hours of book or whatever. Right. You know, that you can be forgiven for every now and then missing one second worth of like gap in the audio or something. Right. But like, you know, when you're listening to it, when you find that one second, it'll just be like, what was that? Uh, the rest of that sentence? Did you just get cut off? Did we miss something? Like what happened right there? Right, right, or, right. Like sometimes I think it's so funny. Like the like you can tell where they'll like finish a sentence. Sometimes even in the middle of the chapter, and they'll pick up and like all of a sudden the narrator's voice will sound like really different for like one minute. Yes, where it's like yep. clearly a new day happened in real life in recording, and it took them like their voice like a, a few minutes to get back into the rhythm of talking like quote or whatever right yes 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 well yeah. and, and i i have discovered this so we, we were finally reading uh the final empire by brandon sanderson after probably oh, six yes, years of people recommending it and one of the things that i think i've noticed about that particular narrator is that he occasionally i don't even know if i could do it he occasionally like bumps the microphone oh like we and just like sort of runs into it yes yeah yeah like, he must just be talking and like it's just like a little like like it, it, it like it always sounds a little bit like thunder to me or something Ooh. or i'm like you know like it occurs to me because like we've occasionally recorded episodes here of the podcast or like when we're doing like Super Carlin Brothers and the the roof above us is like a membrane roof. And if it is raining, which it does in Roanoke a lot, it you can hear the rain mm-hmm. through the recording. And it's like one of those things where it's like it's it's Tuesday. We have to record today. Right. Like there's no way around it. There's no nothing else it. we can do. It's just it's a part of the ambiance of, of today's video. And so like we I think we were recording a video last week and this happened and it stopped raining halfway through. And so as I was like running through the edit, you know, like listening to it with headphones and everything, it's like you can hear like where it stops. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that was weird. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's, but it's also like there's nothing we can do about it now. But it's like the the viewer at home is not expecting for you at the studio to be struggling with this particular problem. Right. And 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 so that's what I think about, like, you know, if you're the editor of the audiobook and this person has gone through and spent, you know, 35 hours recording story. Yeah. If you hear like a little microphone bump, it's like, that's not really the end of the world. We're not going to no, have yeah. them go back and like re-record that whole chapter just to, yeah, just to eliminate it. But it's also like, 
but now it's in there. <laughs> right. It is in there. Um, now it's part of the story. Right. So those are like little interesting, like little tiny, tiny, tiny tidbits that like every once in a while. And I mean, they're so small. I mean, like unless you're like really paying attention, you could probably like never even notice it. Oh, right. Yeah. So anyway, I always do think it's interesting when you discover like little, little isms like that, though. It's like, oh, man. oh I know what they had to do well, there. Yeah. Last week, uh, our our normal uh, main video editor, Riley, was uh, out of out of uh, town on like a trip. And so um, we had Ethan, the podcast editor, editing the main video. And I remember like typically what we do is we put together like as the rough cut and we upload it to um, a website called Frame where me and you can then go and like put in all the assets or like put all the timestamps for where we want things to fall into the video. Yep. And uh, I remember going through the rough cut last week and thinking like, oh my gosh, why like what is was something like weird on our microphone? Like we sound or like I sound a lot different today. Like what changed? And I was like, it just like it occurred to me that like as I was listening to it, like Ethan is editing instead of Riley. And clearly when Riley does the rough cut, he adds in whatever sort of audio filter he puts on the final product ahead of time. And Ethan just has not done that yet. So it happens. And yeah. So, it happens yeah. like after the fact. Yeah. Right, like there's like a, a different sequencing in their style of like doing uh, the video like popped up. And I was like, oh, I see what's happening here. And and like you know, the final product sounded you know perfectly normal and stuff. Yeah, it's exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I Which like, by the- I was, at first I was like, oh no, was like, are we on the backup microphone? What's happening? Right, right, but right. Yeah. Yes, yeah. But by the way, total shout out to Ethan for taking on like all editing responsibilities last week. Yes. That is definitely a major extra lift on his end of things. But um, yeah, no, it, it is it is very very interesting. Like whenever you find like those like little little tiny like details that are like ever ever so slightly different from person to person, um, especially just because I think at this point in time we've seen our own stuff so many times that like a lot of these things are probably details that like most people might not pay attention to, but we've just seen it hundreds of times. Yeah. Uh, the, I mean, you always notice all of your own mistakes in a way that other people like do not at all. Right. You know, yeah. but like to you, it's super obvious you made a mistake and to everyone else, they're not even aware that a mistake was made. That it could be that. Yeah. That's yeah like this was yeah. just how it was intended. Right. Like, right. okay, no big deal. That's it. That's it. Yep. There you go. Uh, anyway, I feel like we're at a great stopping point uh, for this week's episode of The Pop. I feel like we've covered all sorts of things. I mean, it's just like the 90s nostalgia hour. Yeah, so. basically, right? Go play some Star Fox. <laughs> Go play or some Star Fox. watch me play some Star Fox. Apparently, <laughs> Maybe. yes. Maybe. Yeah, I feel like that's going to be that's gonna be super cool. I actually am I'm sort of excited at the prospect of like getting like some, like I feel like you should record it if nothing else if you don't stream it because I like, I kind of want to like go back and like see some of that stuff. But I also feel like if I remember correctly, I could like, I don't know if I could ever beat Star Fox on my own. I think Absolutely, I just, you could beat Star Fox. If you, you take the easy route, it is like a cake game. A cake game. I mean, okay. yeah, I mean, even I like say cake. that, like, I remember even on like the hardest difficulty, like uh, there is so if you um, go in one uh, on one level, I remember you get to fight Star, you know, you fight Star Wolf and his team or okay. whatever. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. They're just like so much better pilots than your like crummy companions who were just constantly in trouble or whatever. Slippy. Yeah. Slippy. slippy. Oh, my gosh. What Falco. a meme. I can't. I'm not going to miss him. Yeah, um, but then like if you go to the hard route, there's like a rematch with Star Wolf, and they show up in these ships, and they are it, it is like that is probably the true boss fight is defeating the the souped up Star Wolf team. Nice. But I remembered like I figure I remember figuring out that like as soon as the level starts, there's like ten seconds where you're just flying around and you don't know what's happening. You're just sort of like cruising around the level, and then like um, you know from above comes in he's like surprise surprise star fox or whatever nice and it's like if you have your wits about you you can turn your ship to the sky and just launch a smart bomb at all four of them like clustered together and, and like do massive damage to all of them at once awesome yeah and i remember figuring that out and like that that fight became so easy so fast all of a sudden man i forgot about smart bombs yeah right yeah that was <laughs> smart bombs yeah shoot those up so that was always um 
I think like a fun thing I learned about that game that made the that otherwise very difficult fight much easier. Okay. Okay. Anyway, That's helpful. I don't know Good. how we got in there, but I think you, you were saying you weren't sure if you could beat it. But but now I know yeah. the tip. Yeah, there's um, always tricks. You know, yeah, there we go. Yeah. The trick. the trick, Th- these know? were the things you were not willing to uh, to to share with me. I think as as like you know, yeah. respective like know. A- eleven nine year olds. Right, Ben. If you didn't learn it for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what favors was I doing you telling you how to do things? Well, you're never going to learn how to solve <laughs> any problems gonna, for yourself. Exactly. You're not going to, uh, I'm, I'm doing you a favor by letting you learn for yourself. Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> anyway, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to let us know all of your thoughts. Uh, you can email us at popcornculturepod at gmail.com. Or if you'd like to get a little extra popcorn popcorn culture action uh, in your week, we do have uh, over on Patreon the um, After the Final Pop. It's an extra 15 to 20 minutes of Jay and I talking after each week episode where we just tackle a topic we didn't get to in the main episode or expound on a topic that we did talk about. Uh, that's at patreon.com slash popcorn culture. But otherwise, until next time, pop pop.